Coming to you live from just outside Silver Creek, it's the 10 Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and God came to me last night and told me your purpose for being here. I am going to help you record a new podcast. Forgive me for prattling away and making you feel all oogie. Recording that new podcast with me this week, first, you, you dirty bird, it's Chris. You cock a doody. <laughs> okay, I'll keep it Australian. <laughs> That's not my knife. This is a knife. And secondly, the swearing, it has no nobility. It's Andy. <laughs> it fucking does. <laughs> I feel like his new book was more your cup of tea than his old books, Andy, Aye. the way that they were being described. <laughs> uh, we are the 10 Point Podcast. You can get us on every single thing that you can ever find a podcast on. And you can get us on YouTube as well, depending on the week, whether you can see us in video form or not. Yeah, and, fuck Microsoft, uh, shitty Skype. Right, okay. To be determined this week, you might be able to see us. If not, any suitable podcast apps, you can hear us, and also on YouTube, you can hear us. Contact us at 10pointpodcast.com. We want to hear from you. Send us anything you want. Money. You can find other articles, specifically money, and sponsors, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, any articles and all that sort of stuff, go up there too. And you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. We're 10 Point Podcast on both of those as well. Uh, that's all letters, no numbers, not the number 10. It's the word T-E-N, 10. Uh, Andy, I believe you had a shout out. I've just remembered you were going to mention talking of our, our many, many listeners around the yeah, world. Yeah, our number one listeners are coming from uh, Virginia in America. Oh. Uh, I can't remember where I said, but what did I say? Uh, I can't remember either where you said, but you said so more of our listeners are in America than the rest of the world, or as many are in America 50% as the rest of, the of our listeners are in America, but 35% are specifically from Virginia for no apparent reason. Which you reckon was Silent Hill? <laughs> yeah, Silent Hill had an That's impact. Why. The, uh, although Andy says one of our best performing episodes of the last week was surprisingly Office Christmas Party. Or something <laughs> yes, <like that>. yes. <laughs> yes. Come back. For, some, for some reason, thirty odd people listened to this week for no reason at all. Yeah, the timely Christmas episode <laughs> at the end of January. <laughs> it makes no sense. Right. A lot but of, there you go. Cheese and wine parties happening this week. Must maybe, be. Maybe. So, yeah, we want to hear from you specifically if you are in any of those areas. And also, if you did listen to Office Christmas Party for no reason. Yeah, tell us why you listened to it. I get get Blades always up there weekly because that's the very first episode we've done. Loads of people are loving us. They're starting at the start, which is the way they should do it. Yeah, why start Office Christmas Party? We have we have long running storylines that you need to keep on top of. We don't do a previously on, so you need to stay on top of these. Uh, so that's imagine if we did that. <laughs> that's some old podcasts, some old episodes. What have we been watching in the last week prior to the new episode? Uh, I think I'm the only one that went out about and saw something this week. So I, I probably saw the newest thing, uh, which are both reasonably old things that Andy's already talked about on here. Uh, so I finally saw Matrix Resurrections, oh, yeah. and I can. I can pretty much just echo Andy's rant from last week or the week before, whatever it was. Where, Stop uh, making things again. It's just, I, I don't know why the film exists. So there's no need. <laughs> it is a money grab. It's not like a offensive money grab because no, it's doesn't not add badly anything. made. Doesn't take anything yeah. away. Agents, the but, replacement of Agent Smith was all right. It didn't annoy me. Nothing annoyed me. Strange yeah. replacement of Agent Smith. But mm. no, for a film to have a scene near the beginning of it, where essentially they explain why they're making the sequel, and as much as they were going to make it anyway if we weren't involved, yep. so we thought we might as well just half arse it, essentially, <laughs> seems to be what the, it seems to have been. Oh. But, 
<laughs> well, I do put worth whatever it was all over the shelf. <laughs> If you like the Matrix, you'll probably like it. Uh, Other than that, I'm not sure why it exists. Uh, I'm not sure what all the decisions were, but it's fine. Uh, I also went out, and well, Andy has another swig, and I don't know if it again, there or not. Um, I went out and saw Scream 4, so Matrix 4, not Scream 4, Scream 5. But I did watch Scream 4 this week as well. But Scream 4 is better than I remember it being the, the last time they tried to make a. What did they call it in Scream 5? Like a re- recall? The last thing they did a recall yeah. was a Scream 4. It was okay. And Scream 5 actually was pretty good. I quite enjoyed Scream, Scream 5. I quite enjoyed it, but it's definitely got one of the best rants that I tried to do last week about <laughs> yeah. stop fucking remaking shit. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Randy surrogates uh, in the film, or the Randy <laughs> surrogate has a good rant about it. But yeah, I definitely recommend Scream 5. If, it is... Pretty much, like Andy said, the first movie again. It's, it's all the same Nailed stuff. It. A few returning characters, which I feel the returning characters were used very well in the new Scream. They didn't overstay their welcome and they weren't... It, it was a film about a new set of people kind of suffering the Scream thing, but you had your mainstays of the franchise were there. So Scream 5, again, just called Scream for no reason. We, as I say, in Scream, <laughs> we know it's Scream 5, just call it Scream 5. Uh, it was fine. Uh, and that's it. There were the two new things I saw. I've seen nothing else but those two, except from Scream Four, which I said I'd mentioned. So, Chris, what have you watched in the last week? Uh, nothing new. I watched um, the day after tomorrow. Ah. That's a banger. That's a banger. Yeah, so I thought I'd give it a blast. I'm seen that for a while. I know, right? Uh, you can't be a, a decent uh, disaster movie. I tries to shove global global warning down your throat. The um, it came in the kind of was it the early two thousands period of time where disaster movies and apocalypse movies were like like yeah. what we have superheroes now and about 2002 or something like that it was always the world is ending because of this <laughs> and they made about 20 yep. movies during that period but one of the more memorable ones the day after tomorrow uh, oh yeah and, yeah it's worth a shot so it's real good film and having a title like that makes whenever anyone says the day after tomorrow you immediately think of that film i feel like that was a, a good marketing ploy of theirs uh yeah i definitely recommend that i don't expect it'll ever come up in the podcast but it might be a teaser chris is chris has now incepted the podcast with the day after tomorrow so yeah show up at some it's about time i incepted somebody else instead of getting yeah. myself <laughs> uh, and andy you were struggling before the podcast have you now remembered something you saw in the last week Nah, i've not watched any films there's some fun there but i don't know what it is however mm-hmm. i'm going to recommend the new mando series <laughs> who knew it's it started so early the book of Amanda Fett yes exactly yeah. the, uh, the, the newest episode of the Boba Fett series is back back to basics back to the Mandalorian again so we're all, <laughs> Being good. We're all big fans <laughs> so yeah high, highly recommended uh, I give that a thumbs up the new episode we're on track now with Boba Fett uh, okay that's it we better press on and get on to the point of the podcast point number one we, this week, are covering the 1990 drama thriller Misery, brought to us by Castle Rock Entertainment, that's Rob Reiner's company This essentially invented it to start making films around this time. We've covered Castle Rock before with Fracture and City Slickers, uh, uh, both in the last season, maybe, maybe the last two seasons, uh, and also made by Nelson Entertainment. Uh, we've not used them before, but the most famous for When Harry Met Sally is the biggest film they made. Uh, coincidentally, I'm sure not. Rob Reiner directed both When Harry Met Sally and this film as well. So there's another Rob Reiner connection there. Uh, based on the novel written by Stephen King is Misery. Uh, you may have heard of him, Stephen King, quite a famous writer. Such novels and short stories turned into films as 
Carrie, The Shining, The Children of the Corn, The Mist, The Running Man, which we've covered before. He did it under a pseudonym. He had uh, Richard Bachman was his pseudonym. <laughs> when he, oh, yeah. uh, he uh, when he wrote Misery, was going to write it as Richard Bachman. But around the time of him writing Misery, that was revealed to be Stephen King. So he just released this. I said, oh, Stephen King wrote this, not my other guy. Uh, but beyond that, he wrote Pet Cemetery, It, Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, and Doctor Sleep is the most recent of his stories to be a big-time movie. But yeah, he makes a lot of good stories that are turned into good films. Uh, the screenplay, however, was written by William Goldman, uh, who has a lot of Hollywood uh, hits himself, the, the main ones being Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Stepford Wives, All the President Men, and The Princess Bride, all before making Misery. So he came into this with some big-time movies throughout the uh, 70s, mainly there. Uh, film, directed by Rob Reiner, as mentioned, famous for This is Spinal Tap, Stand By Me, another uh, Stephen King thing. The Princess Bride again, When Harry Met Sally, and Misery, and then he made A Few Good Men after that. So a very kind of 80s into 90s uh, Rob Reiner Run of films there are his big ones. Misery stars as Paul Sheldon, James Caan, famous for being in The Godfather, Rollerball before being in Misery, and then personally, these are my own, this is what I know James Caan from, but other ones accepted, Mickey Blue Eyes and Elf, where he plays <laughs> essentially the dad in both of them. You forgot uh, one they, banger, though. What did I forget? Santa Slay. Santa Slay. Honestly, yes. I, I, I knew. I, I wondered if Chris would pick up on it because he's uncredited in that. So I thought I would. Uh, I would leave it. But, yeah, yes. I, I remember him being in it because we absolutely slayed him for being in it. <laughs> yes, we have covered uh, James Caan before. Uh, co-starring with James Caan, Annie Wilkes, played by uh, as Annie Wilkes. <laughs> hey, you <laughs> fucked Catherine up. You fucked up. This was her massive breakout role. She was she was an actress and in things and TV shows and films, but Misery was a massive hit for her. So her big time films all came after Misery, which were Titanic. Again, personally for me, The Water Boy, where that, that's her defining oh, yeah. character for me. Uh, about Schmidt, and then at one point she takes over the Office in the American version of the TV show The Office. She like owns the Office in one of the later seasons, and then she's in about a hundred episodes of American Horror Story as well, which I know Andy, you watch a lot of them, Aye. so you probably know. Beats from She's basically American the same Horror character story. in this. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, there are two main stars. I didn't bother going any further down. They are quite clearly the two main people in this film. Misery, made on a budget of $20 million, which seems like a lot for 1990, for essentially it's one house. <laughs> it's all the... It's just two the people in one um, Yes, exactly. So, $20 million. Opened in the US, first weekend, $10 million uh, in takings. Final US gross, $61 million, tripling its budget on home soil. Worldwide, I do not know. I cannot find any evidence of how much money it made uh, elsewhere. But I'm assuming it came out... It definitely came out, and I think New Zealand had the numbers for that. But I could find no other country's box office takings for misery. Uh, but I'm assuming a good few million across the rest of the world. Uh, released 30th of November, 1990. Means it was in... The 1991 Oscars race, and it had one nomination at the Oscars in 1991, did Misery, nominated for Best Actress, Kathy Bates, and she was the winner. She won the only Oscar this film was nominated for. Same story at the Golden Globes, 1991. She was nominated for Best Actress in Motion Picture for Drama category, and she won that one as well. She was a Golden Globe and Oscar winner that year. But as always, there is only one award ceremony that we're interested in. And I'm not sure why, but it's the 1992 Saturn Awards that Misery ended up Ooh. at. I don't know why the extra year or six months or whatever it would be. 
Uh, a few nominations for Misery. Nominated for Best Writing, that was William Goldwyn. Lost to a, a gentleman called Ted Talley for writing The Silence of the Lambs. So yes, probably fair enough. Misery, nominated for Best Supporting Actress, Frances Sternhagen. That's the, the Sheriff's deputy slash wife. Uh, she lost as well to someone called Mercedes Rule for The Fisher King. Uh, not a massive star. Seems in like it. 30 seconds. I've had to call her supporting actress. <laughs> she was <laughs> the actress in, in, in the billing, I imagine. And she's probably the, the fourth most re- regular person in it. On to the big ones. Nominated for Best Actor, James Caan. Uh, he did not win at the Saturn Awards. Anthony Hopkins won for Silence of the Lambs. And I'm sure when Silence of the Lambs came up, he thought that might happen. Nominated for Best Actress, Kathy Bates. She lost as well, but she lost to Linda Hamilton for Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Which, ah. that's cool. Quite the category. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the final <laughs> final nomination at the Saturn Awards, Best Horror Film, Misery did not win that one either because it lost to Silence of the Lambs for the third time in the night. So yes, it got five nominations at Saturn Awards and no wins. But Kathy Bates got a lot Maybe of if it came out in 2001, it would have been alright. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, right then, on to the synopsis. What is Misery about? I've got a synopsis here written by Andrew. Uh, it's not not Another right. Shit, get a watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he knows. Uh, so uh, again, completely unseen. I have not no idea how this goes. So bear with me. Best-selling novelist, uh, spelt wrong. Best-selling novelist <laughs> Paul Sheldon is on his way home from his Colorado hideaway after completing his latest book when he crashes his car in a freak blizzard. Paul is critically injured but is rescued by former nurse Annie Wilkes. Paul's number one fan, who takes Paul back to her remote house in the mountains without bothering to tell anyone. Unfortunately for Paul, Annie is also a head case. Which, <laughs> Paul has killed off the heroine in her favourite novels, her reaction leaves Paul shattered. Literally. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, bit of a cliffhanger there. I thought he might have got Misery in there somewhere, but he didn't say the thing. Who picked Misery for us? It was the wheel, but Andy has a bit of insight into who put it on the wheel. I was Chantel. Uh, 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 did she give it any more further reason why she put it on the wheel? Apparently, this is our favourite film. <laughs> She's trying to get Andrew to watch it for years. Yeah. Yeah. Happened. Apparently, Apparently, it's it seems that way. Film. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. Chantel, shout out to her for selecting this for us. Have anyone never seen, seen this. it before? No, never seen it. Once before. You said, I had never seen it, but I'm very no. much aware of it. Like I, I knew what this film was about. Oh, apparently I everybody never... else around me knows this film. I was like, I've never even fucking heard of this until that wheel came up. <laughs> I blanked well, this off my radar. Completely brand new to this was Andy. Uh, which channel would you normally have seen this on? And Chris, did you see it on a channel when you saw it? Uh, I feel like I watched this the other week, just over <laughs> Christmas, so I think it was on BBC. Right, okay. I had film four. I had that marked down as where I thought you would normally find it. I think this is a late night BBC film, I think. You see, okay, okay. Uh, and normally we do which version, but there is only one version of this film, so we all we all saw the same version. I had a, a good deep dive on on the internet trying to find if there was alternate takes and all endings and all that, but no, only was one version. So we watched the version of Misery on the point two on the podcast. The high points, what we thought the best bits and things about the film were. Uh, does anyone particularly want to start? Because actually, I don't have many high points from like the beginning of the film. There's nothing. Early going is that didn't jump out at me. It's not really a high point, but it's uh, like a, I noted how strong Annie was. Like yeah. after like the car crash when he's lying yeah. up unconscious, what she is just hoisted him straight up and just walked away as if nothing was. She like a bag also, of sand. Also, have to have taken him far enough that it wasn't like noticeable. Like, like I guess because she said she was following him, didn't she? So I'm yeah. assuming she was there because she was in the car 
coming down the road behind him. Plus, you'd wish I'd walk up a hill with him. Yeah, so, like, either she she was just in the woods waiting for him to crash and carried him through the mm. woods to where her house is, which would be quite a distance to carry someone, mm. uh, or she had to carry him all the way back up that cliff, which we saw was quite a distance when the, the police were going over. Before we go any further, I posit- I'm positive I've been Mandela effect with this film. Somewhere, something in pop culture made me believe that, like, the twist at the end of this film was that she had run him off the road at the beginning of the film. Uh, and I kept waiting for some sort of... Rev- and the, the further this film went on, I'm like, okay, we already know she's a bit mad, and we already know that she's crazy and all that. So it felt weird that the twist was going to be like, oh, it was her in the first place. But something somewhere I have confused with what I knew about this film. See, mine was I thought she got the brakes. Right, yeah, okay. Well, but even then, like uh, that, that might have been a twist that was coming. But yeah, there was never a necessarily a twist in the film. It was more like mm. it was an accident that happened. And she just happens to be the worst person to find it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other early high points from anyone? Not really. Nothing really happens until you know he wakes up in the bed. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice car. Absolutely, that was a good, was a good high point. He did a yeah, very nice car. Although I, it was not fit for the road he was driving on. No, definitely not. That is not a snow no. car. He should not have no. been out in that. And I, I, I don't know. Like, I guess he was excited. Was he excited that he finished his book? But for him to set out. In the conditions that he did was like a terrible decision. I don't know if it's quite a worst plan, but it ultimately was a very bad idea. But um... and the fact that he was like more interested in making sure his little bag didn't flip off the seat. <laughs> yeah, or why like, he crashed? Where's it going to go on the floor? Where's your car going to go down a cliff? <laughs> Could you imagine writing writing a book on a typewriter like and then just not having a copy of it? That's insane. Yeah, I know. It's like could you? Uh... Could lose it. Like, like that game would be torture. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that. Imagine all had... happening. Yeah, if we all had to use typewriters again. The one that he actually does end up typing the new story on, which doesn't have an N that works. So every <laughs> time he uses N, it's this blank space all the way through the story. <laughs> uh, so my first high point is actually like the barbecue uh, is the first thing, uh, the first high point I have when uh, Annie is not best pleased with the, the new story that he has written that he is, he's finally done away with whatever her name is, Misery mm. and she wants him to set fire to it so it's a really good scene where it, you, you begin to see her really kind of going a bit mad and she's a bit controlling of the whole situation but the fact that it nearly sets fire to the bloody house <laughs> it doesn't look like it was necessarily <laughs> planned when they were filming it added a bit extra to it as well but that was my first high point was the the setting the fire to it and him not having any other option other than to just do what See, the bit, the bit before that i actually did like the tension build up of this kind of film yeah. like you know what's going to happen. Like she's a nutter. You like you know that straight off. Like you kind of I've never seen nice this at the start, just giving him pills and stuff, and be like just looking after him. And oh, straight away I was like legs. bullshit pills, like bullshit. <laughs> it's like you got to the house, bullshit. Phones, bullshit. Like, yeah. I was calling bullshit every single thing she said. I am um, as one of my stats. I thought right. I've never seen this one before. It's an hour and three quarters. I'm going to count the red flags that he should have been aware of. <laughs> I stopped after 30 minutes because already he was like, I am in trouble at that point. So <laughs> when we get to the stats, I have the first half hour's red flags, <laughs> which was not the best stat I've ever tracked. But yeah, and there, I thought they would milk it that she was nicer a bit longer, but it's it like, was, like, it was when she read the first, his new book, and she flipped out at all the swearing. Yeah, yeah and then that was that, the first one where she just at proper flipped out and she was spilling soup. Yeah, the soup scene, which is really early on. It's like the first, like he, essentially she helps him. And then the next day, can I read your book? You can. And then here's your dinner. I'm going to spill it over your bed while I go absolutely mental. I've seen it before. I swear, I could swear she spilt soup on him. Right, okay. So I remember him cool night. I think it, I'm getting a bit mixed up 
from later on when she smacks him with the book. Yeah. Ah, but could be. I thought she'd spilled soup up at some point. Yeah. But, but yeah, like um, like I just said, the, the whole the tension and the suspense that gets built up, like from, like you just mentioned when Misery dies and she wants him to burn the book. Yeah. And then snaps when she finds out that he's left the building, eh, left the room. Oh yeah, that's what I've got. Him exploring the I really enjoyed him exploring the house. Because um, you have the whole tension of she's gone, so she's going to be a while. What can he find, mm. like in his little exploration uh, around about the house? Uh, I think it's later on he finds the scrapbook, isn't it? The first exploration yeah. is kind of looking around, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's him going from room to room, and then the penguin, which you always know. I like that the penguin you know is has happened, but you never get the scene of her just sitting in the living room. And then being like, <gasps> see, like, it annoyed she me. Says, when she's having dinner, it is to already turn back around. I was like, hey there. She turned that back. Oh. Surely she's known. But I she doesn't let on. So that's, it's, it's good that it's, it's, it's not really as clever. obvious. He's already got the, I'm kind of jumping quite ahead. She's already got the knife. And mm. he's, he thinks she's going to kill him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then nothing happens and you think that's it, over and done with. And then, which leads me nicely onto my next point, which... You can blabber on for a wee second. Well, before we get to that one, I, his face when she spills the wine that he has drugged. Oh, uh, no, it's so sad. High point. She's like, as a parrot, he's got a great plan. Whatever it is she's feeding him, he's got, I don't know, a month's worth of them into yeah. a bottle of wine. And it, it's like, it's a disaster. And it's, it could not, and he, like, he's like, I'm just exactly where I started. You know, everything I achieved was my little search around the house. I'll tell you before, uh, before, Chris goes, before Chris does his next point as well. One of my high points before that is when he's taking a piss in the bottle. Like, oh yeah, you don't see that enough in films. It's like he just like he's there all nonchalant. It's like, what's he doing under there? And she's just having a wee chat, and it's just the nonchalant of just here's a piss bottle. Yeah, it's like yeah. And then her getting more and more animated while she's holding the bottle, <laughs> and he's just like, Ooh. <laughs> like backing off a little bit, like calm down. I don't want to get hammered in that. And then only the high point I've got before Chris gets onto his, his key moment he's waiting on is the scrapbook. When you find out that she is like an absolute serial killer, like on an oh, yeah. a rampage for the last forty years or whatever it's been on. I forgot about that, but I thought she just like left her, like the post. I forgot she was like some sort of, you know, murderer. Yeah, she's uh, on or a it's ramp- implied that she was some sort of child murderer. Yeah, well, she did. I, I think for her to cut out everything and keep it in her scrapbook, I think it's she's proud of what she's been doing for yeah. what reason it is. But Chris, you've been waiting now. Uh, what, what is your highest point? Clearly, it's got, it's got to be the hobbling. It is horrific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was one of my many like like real reactions to the film was yeah. when that happened. There were three times during the film that I had a proper. I can't, uh, and that was one where I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I forgot it happened, and I'm like. She does something, I don't know what it was. And then as soon as she walked in and started talking about it, I went, oh, oh crap, I remember now, I know what was going to happen here. And it's just, that bit just freaks oh, me stop out. stop showing oh, us. Yeah, this, if you're listening to us, this, you can't see this bullshit we've got to pull up with. You can, you can see the hobbling happening uh, behind Chris as he's talking. I'll when change she, it back, because it is a bit grim. When she put the wood between his legs, and she was talking about people escaping and all that, I was like, oh, is she going to, like, tie his yeah. feet together? And I was like, does it sound like the, the way she was telling the story of what happens to people? Like, is she gonna like nail his ankles to this bit of wood? I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that sounds horrible. All of a sudden, the mallet comes up <laughs> behind, like behind Chris at the moment, and then it's like, oh, just like the, oh, just, it, it made me just not feel. I like the, it was like the first time I'd ever seen it. I remember, like I was expecting that to happen. I was watching. It. You just seen the ankle go, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't the, uh, watch it anymore. 
I did a bit of research, and that was one of the... They changed a few things about the story uh, for the film, and to make the film less gruesome, they did The Hobbling, which sounds sounds funny when you put it like that. That was less gruesome, because in the book, she actually cuts off one of his feet, and then like cauterizes the end of his leg and all that to ah. stop him running away and getting away. So yeah, I think oh, that's I think a better option. <laughs> yeah, they wanted the film to be less gruesome, and they wanted it to be more of a happy ending. They felt like him living the rest of his days with just the one foot wasn't too much of a happy ending um so yeah they changed that for the book uh so i've got two more high points and the, the other the two other bits in the film that made me react out loud uh one was the whole thing of the, the, the sheriff arriving yeah. at the, the house and exploring around and you're like again what's going to be the clue what's going to give it away uh and then him coming back in again it's like oh here we go he's in the basement and it's, oh, he even he even shouted at the right time and the sheriff hears him, and the sheriff works out, like, this is all going to plan. <laughs> but then, when, like, the centre of his body gets shot out, <laughs> out of nowhere, it's like, that made me just go, ah! <laughs> that is one of our specialities, though, is people just getting blasted through the body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I completely forgot that happened. I, was, I saw that bit for, like, the first time again. Because it's... Uh, it gave me a shock, because I really like Buster. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant, the sheriff. Like, he was, he was winning Beth Cop Award up until that point. <laughs> well, I, I, we'll wait till we get the nominations, but he's definitely in the running for me as well. But uh, but yeah, it, it's just oh, it was an, an amazing because at that point we're getting kind of close enough to the end of the film that I'm like, okay, this finally might be he finds him, and then now the two of them need to get out of there alive and all that, but not didn't even get a chance. It's the fact that James can he finally sees him instead of going like, oh, you found me. It's just one finger comes up and it's his points. And you're like, what's he pointing at? And all of a sudden, <laughs> the, the sheriff's chest. Oh, it gave me a wee bit of a fight. No, like, I think because I forgot it happened. And you just say, bang, it's black. And you're like, oh, my God. But, yeah, it's like, through the whole film, you you loved him and his, his deputy wife, who, like, do little sarco- sarcastic comments to each other and their little, um, you know, the, like, love-hate relationship they had. Yeah, the relationship's so good. They're, they're really funny. And the fact that the wife just... She doesn't seem to give a damn. Like, the sheriff, yeah. like, I need to work out where this guy is. I know he didn't leave my district or whatever. <laughs> and she's just, oh, oh, the phone's ringing. It must be a busy day. And just messing around with his papers and all that. But uh, I get all handsy in the car. And he's like, in yeah. this car, you're a deputy. <laughs> I mean, that was some proper Sherlock Holmes stuff. When he's like, that tree has a snap in it. And that stop the, the car. car. Yeah, so that was out of nowhere. Some amazing deduction there. So I've, I've got one final high point, which is the last time, which is the fight at the end, uh, which was a, a great plan. He he knew what he was doing. He'd got all these pieces together. He'd got his uh, gasoline from the basement and all that. And then when you see him, like, it, it's working out with the typewriter. And I'm like, all right, okay, I can kind of see what's coming here. But when he, he finally gets the typewriter and absolutely just melts her on the head with it, I was like, yeah! <laughs> actually cheered when she got it. And in a classic horror movie style, she takes like three killings to actually die. Yeah. She is, uh, but the fight itself was really good, especially it was really brutal as well. I didn't think it was going to be quite as bad, but very rarely do I see a man versus woman fight where I'm like, she deserves every bit of pain and punishment she is getting right now. So it was an, an odd sensation watching <laughs> watching him win this fight against this old lady. <laughs> And that's my final high point, essentially, because it's the end of the film. So, has anybody got any that we, we passed over there? Uh, Alec Misery, the pig. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That pig was awesome. Yeah. He's just such a happy pig. 
uh, charismatic, and it was not what I thought was going to happen. She opens the door. I didn't. Out of all the things that were going to happen, I didn't think a pig was going to come running in. At that point, we don't know it's a farm. At that point, we just think yeah. it's like a house in the middle of nowhere. So. I don't know. This is another one. I think I've been Mandela affected. I could swear that the pig <laughs> ate him or tried to eat him at one point or started nibbling away. But I think I might be thinking of, uh, one of the Hannibal films. Maybe the in the novel. The plan is she's going to feed him to the pig. I think that's right. I, again, I was doing a bit of reading. So I think in the book, she intends to kind of kill him and feed him to the pig. So, Or at least it's insinuated that's what she's up to when she's not like kind of looking after him in, in the book and all that. Well, speaking of the book, the deputy's wife was invented for the film. It's just oh. the, the deputy, uh, the sheriff himself is the only guy trying to... Uh, and apparently he's a bit more useless, I think, in the book than he is in the film. They made him a bit more effective uh, in the film. Uh, any other high points or is that us? Uh, I've got yeah. one. You can't beat a good middle finger. Yeah. And she's coming and <laughs> oh, I love you, my dial. And he's just like, ah, boom. Take a middle finger. It was the funniest bit of the film by far. It was just like, hi, Popkin. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just goes, yeah, flips her off through the window. Which, uh, which was well deserved at that point. We're going to low points then. I'll go straight into one of my low points I don't have written down uh, on point three on the podcast. I feel like James Can is too calm throughout. Like, not at any point does he ever seem... Like, shit, I am properly in trouble here. And at any time it goes proper mad, like, she's just broken my ankle or she's just done this to me, I feel like he's still a bit kind of, like, low-key and kind of like, oh, well, I need to... So, he never seems to be as freaked out as I think he should be. Um, obviously, she's doping him for a half of it. Yeah. Even beyond that, but I'm still like, how are you still as calm? She just shot the sheriff through his chest and you're still <laughs> just like, yep, I'll write a book for you. I'll be nice and calm. <laughs> I thought he was just trying to, like keeps things like I said mellow but for a lot of the time I couldn't he hear a word he was saying he kept mumbling to himself quite a lot but again that could have just been for like the effect of the film maybe uh, yeah that's one of my low points he said something under his breath I couldn't hear what it said I don't want to turn it up to like 70 on my TV to hear it and then Kathy Beach comes yelling in exactly <laughs> just break my TV speakers cock-a-doody whatever it is. yeah um so I've only got a couple of low points. I don't have much in the way of low points. I forgot to write down the James Cameron. So the one I've got is, I'm pretty sure he could have eaten the soup on his own. I'm not sure. Like, he has bad legs and a bad arm. He still has, like, he could still eat soup with his good arm. So I'm not sure why she had to be feeding it. Like, I, okay, you've, I've just saved me. I've known you one day or whatever. If you're making me soup, that's nice. You don't have to feed it to me. I have a, my head, neck, and arm all work. I can eat soup just fine. You don't have to be fair, his right arm... I'm right-handed. His right arm's in a sling. I would be a bit reluctant to suit with my left hand to splatter it everywhere. I'm sure she has some sort of tray. She was bringing the food in. Just set the tray on his lap in the bed. Soup. There we go. Yeah, but maybe he just generally thought, ah, oh, she's not a nut. I'm, I might get some here. I'll let some soup. Maybe. Uh, my first low point is like the flashback scenes with Paul. Like I never really cared for anything that wasn't involved in like, him in the stuck in a house. Yeah, there was, I know, there's, I doesn't really mention much either, apart from the fact that he killed Misery. Yeah, there's only is about two, isn't there? Two times that like he crashes the car, and essentially the first scene we get is him in like the publishing office, isn't it? Yeah, and talking about the the book, the bag, isn't it? Like the satchel, and essentially what he does, which I suppose comes back into later on because uh, Annie knows like how he operates. So you yeah. you only do one copy, and you put it in your satchel thing, and you you smoke your cigarette and all that. But yeah, it's weird that there's like two. Like out of sequence scenes and everything else is just normally where it should be. It's, yeah, yeah, unusual. Mine's was uh, Andy. 
it's it's a bit slow. Is my my point. Usually when it I, says drama, and I can kind of like I can kind of forgive it because the tension was there, but it was quite obvious straight away that what's going to happen, which then kind of ruined mm. my the slow part. I can I can allow a slow film if there's a good payoff, but it's almost like twenty minutes in, and then I've got another hour of just hi, she's a nutter. Yeah, yeah, it's. It felt like it, they they rushed to the development that she was crazy, and then, like you say, they had to spend a lot of time of being the kind of the odd couple living together, uh, one trying to kill off the other. <laughs> but yeah, th- at times the the pacing was a bit weird. I, like I did, I thought they would milk it a bit more, where he's not sure that she's like yeah. been in prison. But it, it, yeah, they went quite close to that. And one of my biggest bugbears is he's just a generic writer. Well, he seems like a good writer. He's got no other skills. But how the fuck can he? undo a lock with a bobby pin oh i know i'd, I'd be there a week later yeah trying to bullshit and he yeah. managed to lock it as well like under pressure like no no yes that's not real oh like to get out of that all you had to say was oh you forgot to lock the door and i went exploring i'm sorry i knocked this over i won't do it again <laughs> and then that's it he's not getting his ankles broken i feel like she might not accept <laughs> that as an excuse. No. Uh, i think storm out I think there's an element of OCD there where she would know that that door was locked. I think uh, she might know. Yeah, I've got one more low point, and it's quite near the end. So if anyone's got anything else through the middle, then they can. I've got one more. I've got one more. Right. Who in their right mind has a house like that and puts the spare room front facing the first room as you go into the house? Mad. that's, That's quite clearly a living room, like, not a bedroom. She seems to have oh, a yeah, lot of rooms. Yeah, I see that as a bedroom because it's not big enough for a living room. That's a, that's a living room. The one, the one right across, the one that he goes into is a living room. That's yeah, what I would do. but still not a bedroom. I, I was thinking like a study, like if it, yeah. like a normal sort of. You can have like a, a shelves of books and a desk and stuff in there, or even like a dining room. But I guess she lives on her own, doesn't she? She wouldn't need a dining room. But yeah. The fact that she's got a spare bedroom in the first place is kind of weird because like, she doesn't like, have anyone to live in there. It's the whole time. I'm building this room for him. That might yeah. be it because she knows he's at the hotel uh, or the lodge or whatever you want to call it. So maybe this whole time she was planning for him to be in this yeah. spare bedroom. I've actually got one more last rule point before Chris rattles through the rest of them. There is no way that a little general store would have had that specific paper in stock for him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they would have some cheap knockoff stuff. They would have overcharged you because this whole shop local bullshit. It's not right. Just go on Amazon. That as well, the whole paper smudges thing. Any paper smudges when you rub it as soon as it's been typed. Yeah, type immediately start doing it. Oh, yeah, it smudges. Yeah. Uh, for, the, for the general store thing to have two types of paper in the first place is, is a surprise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Never mind that specific kind. You get paper or you get like envelopes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of my low points is the overly done convenient lightning strike to try and make something seem scarier. <laughs> yeah, like, it was very. If it wasn't for that, like I might have got off a jump because I forgot. It's hard to stand in there, but the lightning strike is like, oh yeah, of course he's there. Pretty <laughs> scary. Yeah, that's uh, that's obviously just before the hobbling because she injects him and then knows he's been out, and then that's when oh, will I change it again? No. <laughs> oh, we don't need to see it again. And it's not really a low point, but more of a, just a bugbear. Like, as much as I liked uh, Buster, him turning the book to the exact page that he was looking for is absolute bullshit. It never happens. <laughs> uh, I don't have it as a low point, but the, the sheriff's plan were I can't, this writer has gone missing. I know what I'm going to do. 
I've got to read all his books, and that'll help me find out where he is. It works. Uh, it's like I can't, I can't deny it worked because he got exactly what he was looking for. But it's like I'm not sure. Like I mean, he has a lot of time on his hands, but it doesn't seem like ah, oh, this guy, his car's gone missing, he's gone missing, no one's heard from him. I'd better read every story he's ever written. That'll give me an yep. insight into what he's like and where he's gone. It's preposterous. I was about to ask, like, check, but what was the time frame for this? So, at some point, apparently in the film, somewhere near the end, it is established that it, he's in the house for four weeks. Is that it? I thought it was, like, like well, more I, than, like... I thought months. it felt shorter. I thought it didn't even feel like two weeks he was there. I, I feel like every single, like, separate scene felt like a different day to me. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Because I, I, it snows, and then snows again, and it, like, rains a couple of times, and you see the storm, but it doesn't feel like a month passes by. Like, the sheriff is still... As bothered by at the end as is the beginning, I think after four weeks he would like not be quite stressing quite as much about this missing person. But um, but yeah, I, I, on my second watch there, I couldn't find it where it was, but somewhere on some research I did said it's established that he was there for four weeks. But it doesn't feel like it. I'm out. I've got one final one then. How did he get out of the basement? She picked she him lifted up. him up. Oh, no, she didn't. Hi. She he's hobbled at this point, chucked it in the basement. The sheriff gets blown away. He's probably still on the stairs now, I think about it, the sheriff. So she wheels the wheelchair to the door of the basement and then goes, I'll go make some lunch. And then wanders off and just leaves the wheelchair. And it's like, is he supposed to climb his own way out of the basement? And if she'd helped him, she would have noticed that he had a fire lighter thing down his pants, wouldn't she? So I'm positive she leaves him to come up the stairs on his own, hobbled, crawling all the way up and all this sort of stuff. And I'm yeah, not sure he, he could do it, especially... Ah, you can crawl upstairs like that. Easy. Maybe that's where the two weeks went, however it was. <laughs> she came and fed him soup on the stairs as he's climbing up. But yeah, it annoyed me that she just abandoned him down there. Because I think, in reality, she'd have gone down and helped him up and she would have found his, his gas thing that oh, he had. Oh, I had so. to do that. It reminds me of one more low point. You didn't ever see a bedpan... Oh, seen a, yeah. <laughs> seen a piss pop, but no bedpan. Just saying. Mind I mean, bubbles. I don't think it was essential for the story, so they might have not bothered with those scenes. But it's, oh, uh, can you imagine though that he did poop and he, she's like waving the, the pan around, going like that? He's just like, stop it, stop it. <laughs> would it be a good? Would it be a good defense mechanism though? Like she's really, I, I I'm scared <laughs> of her. If I just shit everywhere, I, will she come near me? Or is she so mad that she'll still come near me? It's, uh, oh, she'd probably chop his ass off or something. Chop his ass off. <laughs> Or do, do you do with a bad dog and rub the nose in it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't do that again. So you wouldn't want to risk that. So yeah, it's probably not a great idea. But on to point four then. Point four is our stats. Uh, ironically enough, there was one shit in the film. Uh, and there was one F-bomb, which was uh, James Cann at the very end as he was stuffing the, manu- the fiery manuscript into her mouth. Uh, but he did type it seven times on his first uh, piece of writing that he typed out on the typewriter. Uh, explosions, zero. Unless you've got to try and count the barbecues, then there's like two explosions, but they were just fire. And two deaths were seen in the film, uh, Annie and the sheriff. But at least two adults were killed in her scrapbook and roughly 50 babies. Uh, that wasn't my counting. That's because the backstory was based on an actual crazy mad nurse that went mad uh, and she killed approximately 50 babies in her time working in nursing homes and maternity units and all that. So if we're going by that, probably about 50 babies. But yes, 
two deaths uh, were in in the film. Our template podcast quotas. Surprisingly, no dead animal. I was sure the pig was going to get it or something was going to happen with a dead animal at some point, but everything survived. Uh, no goats and no cows, but there was a, uh, a, a pig, like we said. Peeing, yes. Someone urinated on the film and yeah. sprayed into the bottle. Uh, pedophiles, no. Although, again, uh, the creators of the film told uh, Kathy Bates that her backstory was that she was uh, molested as a child, which is part of the reason that she's got as crazy as she has. That's the, the backstory of her character, but not actually in the film. Uh, we did not have the devil, despite the fact that we had Kathy Bates in the film, not talking... Oh, can you imagine if she's went, you're the devil! <laughs> you're the devil! Misery is the devil! Uh, no devil and no KKK either, so we're all clear of those. So like I said, I tried to count the red flags, thinking it's got to take poor old Paul a wee bit longer to work out what was going on. So red flags all in the first 30 minutes. The first thing she says to him is, I'm your biggest fan. Straight away, that I'd be worried. Like, How is my biggest fan for me? You could say I was following you, she said at one point. I was like, that's just you were following me then. Some nights I'd head up to the lodge and just stare at your cabin. No, at that point, he should be like, right, I am trouble here. Um, then her first rage about the swearing, and that's when it started to turn. She goes out of town and comes back with just his book and doesn't, like, no other, like, and then, again, uh, finally, the, the rage uh, with, like, a wooden table where she comes in and smashes the table above his head. At that point, just under 30 minutes of the film, he is like, I am in deep, deep crap for now, and I stop counting. Uh, like I said, Paul was in house for four weeks with some trivia that I put in my stats. And did they say the thing? Did they say misery? Hi. Oh, loads of times. Far more than I thought. I thought this was going to be called the film Misery. And here's the 22 times they said misery in this film. It's all the time they were saying it. Like, not only was it his book that he always wrote about, it was also the name of the peg and all that as well. So yeah, a lot of misery uh, in the film Misery. Chris, any stats from you? Uh, I thought it was said a lot more times, but I can't how many times she says I'm your biggest fan. Or your number one fan, and six times in total, including one groggy one at the very start. Does that include the, the woman at the end? Yeah. So oh, it was said uh, six times. Not bad. Um, now, one of my random favourite uh, quotas there's another two nut shots in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them coming. <laughs> it just because it happened to happen, I thought there's two right in one go there. So, poor Paul. Uh, uh, that was mine. You, uh, Andy, any stats from you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for best pornographic moment. That meatloaf okay. looked pretty damn good. <laughs> so, egg looks quite nice, actually. It was like it was a good setup. Like, no. But that meatloaf looked like steak. I was like, oh, that's a really nice steak. And then when she said it was meatloaf, I was like, alright. <laughs> I, I can eat that. The best meatloaf on record. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I can't argue with that. Uh, that's us finished with stats. We get on to point five on the podcast, oh, and that is the ten point podcast quiz. Chris is winning after dominating last week. Uh, I had no chance against his eagle eye as normal. So, Andy, over to you. Right, this one is a simple game of play your cans right. Okay. <laughs> Which is a simple game of higher or lower. Ah, right. Okay. So basically, you have to tell me if. Is high the cast members in a James Can film is higher or lower than the previous one I've just gave you? Right, so it's Can with a double A, right? Okay, yes. play your cans right. Right, okay, so you're going to give us a person. I'm going to give you a film, and you've got right. to say is it higher or lower in the number of total cast members in that film? So right, right. okay. So okay. who wants to go first? 
I went first last week, I think. Right, I'll, I'll go first then. Right. So, we'll start off with Misery, obviously. So, mm-hmm. think of the cast, the total cast members of Misery. Right. Okay. Okay. Does Rollerball have a higher or lower cast count? I'm going to say higher for Rollerball. I'm Correct. Higher. It is higher. Right. I think I'm not going to tell you the number. Actually, nah, I will tell you. Right. Misery had 18. Rollerball had 46. Oh, right. Quite comfortably higher. Okay. Chris. Is Elf higher or lower than Rollerball? Higher. Correct. At a 65. Oh, I thought you were going to say lower there. <laughs> Bruce. Huh. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Oh, Is that animated. higher or lower than Elf, which had 65? 65 animated. I'm go- <sighs> animated is tough. I'm going to try and play safe. I'll just go lower, I think. Correct. It is lower with 34. That's more than I thought, actually. Yeah. Chris, Queen Bees, is that higher or lower? No idea what that is. Uh, I'm going to say lower. Correct. It is lower. 27. Bruce, Mm -hmm. higher or lower, Undercover Grandpa? Than 27. It's higher or lower than 27. I've got to go higher. Correct, it is 42. Chris. Sudden death here, I think. Santa's sleigh. Oh, we've done that. Is that higher or lower than, what did I say? Yeah. Yeah. Higher. Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah, higher. Yes, it is 45. How many? 45, and the oh. last one was 42. Ah, 42. Right, Bruce. Mickey Blue Eyes. In 45. In 45. Right, there's a wedding in that, so I'm going to go higher. You are correct, 72. Oh, easily. Chris. The Godfather. Oh, I'll be waiting for this one. Uh, do I, I'm going to say higher. You're going to say higher than 72? Yeah. You are correct, 81. <laughs> right, we're definitely in sudden death, though. Bruce, Bruce, that's my boy. You're looking for a higher level than 81. Right, I think that's an Adam Sandler film, isn't it? I think if it is... He's probably played more than one character, so I'm going to go lower. <laughs> You're going to go lower? Lower than 81 or whatever it was, yeah. It was 187. Oh, <laughs> what? 187? Over 100 yes. higher? Oh, my God. Right. And the chance to win. For the win, Chris, you got is it higher or lower than 187? Get smart. Oh. I want to say lower. You going to go lower? You'd I be critical like lore is 80, uh, 98. Oh. So Chris, Chris is the winner of... I'm trying to think of like, what reason there'd be more than 187 people. <laughs> yeah, there's no yeah. big scenes. What, what the hell is in that? He's my boy, whatever it's called. It made it so high. Know. It's another wedding. Huh? Probably another wedding, yeah. I've never seen that before. So. I mean, I don't want to see it. That was my no, bad face of film. It doesn't it. seem like it was particularly good, no. There we go. So yeah, well play done, your Chris. cans right. 
Yeah, play your cans right. <laughs> Look forward to another 90s game show turned into podcast quiz <laughs> next week. <laughs> Not necessarily with Bruce Forsyth, though. On to point six on the podcast. Movies are then movies. Not sure an awful lot to go through with movies and movies this week. Uh, I looked out for my parodies and references. Very, 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 very tough for me here. Uh, I've got one. Um, <laughs> obviously, they mentioned like Evening of the Rocket Tear or Rocket Man or something. The the, the serials cliffhangers that she was talking about, uh, but they just like mentioned that. And then there was one other very minute detail thing that implied something. And then a billion DVD, a billion VHSs in the general store. But I'm like, oh, it doesn't really matter that they had the DVD for when Harry met Sally or whatever in there. So The Shining is the only one I could come up with. Because obviously Stephen King wrote both. Uh, driving a car during the credits, middle of nowhere, the guy has writer's block. And then the sheriff in this film has essentially the same storyline as the other fellow with The Shining in The Shining, who spends the entirety of the film making his way up to the house to finally get there to save the day, to then unsuccessfully save the not save the day when he gets there. So, uh, a very similar storyline. Uh, and The Shining is the only one I had uh, for any sort of movie within a movie. And never not good. I had to go with just being trapped in someone's house is always a good sort of thing. The movies where you're stuck in, this person has you in their house and you can't escape. I'm thinking like 10 Cloverfield Lane and all that sort of stuff where there's a crazy person keeping you in the house is always, always good. Chris, what have you got for movies within movies? Um, I went through a lot of them, but I could only see James Caan, and that was uh, in Santa Slay. <laughs> Typically, and on form for Chris, he has missed one. The Barbs? Uh, <laughs> and yes, it is, is the it? Barbs again. <laughs> Unbelievably, it is the Barbs again. Um. <laughs> Now, this person only was voiceover actor in The Burbs, so I'm not even sure how that plays into The Burbs, because I can't remember it that vividly. But this person was just uh, one of the voiceover actors in The Burbs, but Archie Han, who played reporter number two. In I, I never even went that, I never went to like, that lot. like... Yeah. I've got like, some hold over my phone like, on IMDb. <laughs> and I said, there's like, I said, there's 18 people. Did you count That's the pig like... as being in the cast? Yeah, even I even looked at the pig and she's <laughs> only been in this. Yeah, even the pig, there's maybe 18 or 19 people in it. And we've done two of them before and somehow it's the barbs again. That's, That's oh, amazing. I don't understand. <laughs> I was looking at seeing the barbs. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and Chris, any other movies or the movies? Uh, yeah, for putting us in there, I, um, I like to see myself as Buster because he kind of reminds me of my dad a little bit. And uh, I put Andy as Annie and Bruce as Paul Sheldon. I'm the same, but I'll swap you me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's conclusive that Andy and Annie are, uh, <laughs> are a similar yeah. type. Uh, Andy, what have you got for movies and movies? Right, I'm going to make this a recast in where it would make it into a comedy film. So, exactly the same premise, only oh. you switch two actors and it would make it hilarious. So, I'm thinking The Rock and Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you actually going that way again? Yes, I am. Because I thought you were going to do that, you then didn't, you said it and then didn't go with that. So imagine yeah. the Rock though as like James Cat and Kevin Hart as Annie. Oh yeah, that, that's the way I would do it. The Rock is like the big guy; he's been crippled, and Kevin Hart's just keeping him there. Like, but you you'd have a little twist where it's like the Rock is actually the Rock, and he's going to go and do more movies. Ah, but, okay. but Kevin Hart's like trapped him there because he's the number one big fan or he's not cast him in any of his movies he could have it as a proper kind of true to life yeah. story 
stay here until you decide to write another movie that I'm in again. That might be yeah. a way to do it. <laughs> It'd be uh, brilliant. I'm just thinking I might have enjoyed the same film, except The Rock and Kevin Hart are the two cops trying to work out what's going on. <laughs> uh, so The Rock finally gets there to save the day, and then he gets blown <laughs> away down the, down the staircase. It might be another option. So again, Andy played the type as well, uh, and go for that. So on the point seven, a newer one of our points, uh, Chris has a would you rather for us. Uh, before I ask the question, I want you to tell me who, which actor you would like to meet most. I know Andy's for a star, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> which actor would I like to meet most? I see, I'd, to be different, I'd go for I'd say Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know who's who do, whose films do I like the most. It's a really tough one to say. I, honestly, I, I don't think I come up. With, uh, let's just say someone like Matt Damon then, just so I've got an okay, answer. Matt Damon. Okay, Matt Damon. Okay. So. Would you rather you got explosive diarrhea when you meet them for the very first time, or would you rather get explosive diarrhea every time you watch one of their films or TV series? So, for example, for Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool three, you could only watch that either at a toilet. Uh, I would, I would hundred, I would hundred percent like to meet Ryan Reynolds and shit myself because he would remember that, and that would definitely. I know, like, like it's only the first time. So if you met him again, it would be fine. Yeah, but like. It's explosive. It's happening as soon as you see him and like shake oh. his hand. You're like, oh yeah. god, I have to shit myself. I'm sorry. Hundred percent, hundred percent. To meet Ryan Reynolds, I would shit myself in front of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> we'll see yeah. if my asset set that up. <laughs> I would do. I would meet Tom Hanks as well. I would, and I think he'd be real nice. I bet you'd be like, oh, that's okay. Don't worry. These things happen. Chris is crying. Like, oh, shit myself. <laughs> You'd forever be known as the guy that crapped yourself for the first time meeting them. So if I've actively made this decision, I think I would go the other way. Because then I would just know anytime I need to watch a Matt Damon film, I need to just go sit on the toilet and I can just watch it on my phone on the toilet and I'd be fine. So. That means you would never be able to watch one of his big blockbusters at the cinema ever again. Yeah, I could probably I could probably get over it, but yeah. <laughs> as long as he doesn't join like I don't know, the MCU any more than the already I want to know how this even relates to misery, Chris. Oh, because like you know, it was actually you because like you're Ryan Reynolds' number one fan, and I thought, do you know what? Ah, see, you want to ah, meet see, your right. number one fan, and I was like, how would I do this? So, I would totally cobble Ryan Reynolds as well if I had to. You, uh, as soon as I you almost just... changed it. I was like, well, would you rather they crap themselves the first time because then I might sully the the memory of him. But then I was like, you know, Ryan Reynolds would make that funny somehow. So. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So as soon as Andy says, I'm the number one fan to Ryan Reynolds, he would then expose his diarrhea. <laughs> exactly. That's it. There's nothing you can do to stop it. There's no loopholes. It's like, oh, my God, there's Ryan Reynolds. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take the toilet option. You guys can shake yourselves in public. That's fine. Uh, on to point eight. The nominations for the Pointy Awards. Uh, I have quite a lot. So if you want, I can lead off or I can wait till the end. Who wants? I've only got a couple. Right. Do you want to go with yours, Andy, and I'll clean I'll up? go with mine then. Best animal. Um, Misery the Pig. Best Animal? Oh, I never thought of it. That's I don't know that. Right, okay, Best Animal is now, <laughs> now an award. Uh, I'm going to go for Best best Actor, Kathy Bates. She absolutely nailed being not a nutter. Um, yep. I'm going to go with Best Cop. I'm going to give it to him because yeah. he, he was pretty damn good up until he didn't take any backup. That was, that was a poor mistake. Should should have always taken backup. Um, What's it just him and his wife? They're the only cops in the town. It was like both the, like the sheriff and the, the marshal and all the sort of stuff. He, he was doing everything. So yeah, between the two of them, they did a hell of a workload. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, definitely best cop. And yeah. that's about it, really. I've only got them two. Well, cool. um, I agree with your best actor for Kathy Bates. Yeah. I agree with your best cop. Yep. 
Uh, I went for best team of Buster and his wife. I don't. I can't remember if that's an actual thing. <laughs> oh, best team. <laughs> <Was it not? laughs> right. I thought there was a best team one. Um, best outfit: Buster's jacket. I thought about that actually. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, my biggest twist because I forgot about it was the sheriff getting shotgunned in the back. Oh, that's yeah, a good twist. That. Actually, no, yeah. I, don't, uh, I had that as best death. I had that. For All right. Death. I haven't got any bests. I've got best fight, Annie and Paul. So yeah, me too. To it. <laughs> yes. And the best effects, I'm not going to change it, but Paul's ankle's been hobbled. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Best special effects, that's good. Because it was, it was like, I think it was his knees, and then he was his legs were down, and then it was fake shins to feet is what they had yeah. for that. Uh, and it was like some sort of thing filled with gelatin, I think is what it was, how they made his ankle, and that's why it was so bent. It's just hollow with gelatin in it. Um Cool, is that you then, Chris? That's me, yep. All right, what's not been covered? Best supporting, I've gone for Richard Farnsworth, who was the sheriff. I feel like he was he was in it quite a lot, so I think his acting needs a bit of credit. Uh, one of his death is the fight as well. Best plan, I've gone Paul's like murder plot to escape at the end was a pretty good plan. Like Him getting inside her head, thinking, okay, she knows that I like to do that with one cigarette and all that. So therefore, if I've now I've got this petrol stuff, I can do this, that, and the other, get the match, send it away to get another glass. His plan works perfect. Also, I like, I forgot to mention it earlier, that the first thing you see in the entire film is like his bottle of wine and his cigarette and his match in the, the, the hotel room, for lack of a better term, at the beginning. And obviously that pays off at the very end, which is like the, how he escapes in the end is a good you touch. you think his biggest fan would not just say Don Perignon? Or... <laughs> you would think so, she would, yeah. She Don Perignon. <laughs> Read enough books that she would know how to say it, yeah, or even like listened to the radio or something like that. Uh, I've gone best twist is Annie as a serial killer. I thought was a, a good twist, uh, rather than her just being a nut job that's keeping him captive. The fact that she's actually like on a forty-year, sixty-person killing spree or whatever, I thought was a good twist. Uh, best Jimmy James Can. Uh, I don't know if he's been nominated before, but I had to mention him. Uh, I don't have anything in the worst categories, I've just noticed. No, oh, I, I couldn't think of anything in the yeah, worst. Yeah, nothing that was bad. Uh, the set was a bit iffy, but then the actual house itself looks kind of cool from the outside. Uh, but I have, most unexpected was Misery the Pig running in. I did not think the <laughs> pig was going to come running in. That's best that entrance point. right there. <laughs> yeah, best entrance. There you go. Uh, best inanimate object, the typewriter. Uh, Michael Pena award, Kathy Bates for the hobbling story that she's telling before she whacks him in the ankle. Uh, best bell end, Annie Wilkes. She has to do best bell end. And I've got worse plan. I had written down famous writer goes missing in the woods. I'll read his books so I can find him. But then I've got dot dot dot. It worked, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> so it might not be worse plan, <laughs> but I'll leave it there now. And that's it. That's all my nominations. A lot of positive. Yeah. Stopping uh, <laughs> back, it's back. Uh, on to point nine then, before we get thrown up at the sight of an ankle breaking over. <laughs> point nine, the moral of the story. Chris, what is your moral of the story? We'll start with uh, you. Since you're don't become famous. <laughs> so, yep, it's a good one. Uh, Andy, what's yours? Don't trust anyone. Yeah, that was my, that was my, my one last week. I think. <laughs> right, uh, my moral of the story is wear a seatbelt because he did not have a seatbelt on in his car and he might have avoided oh, this whole thing if he just put a seatbelt on. And it's one of my most annoying little nitpicks I have in every single American film ever. Nobody ever wears seatbelts hmm. in any American films. A regional classic model of bitches be crazy could work as well. <laughs> yeah, that was about 10 episodes at one point. Yeah, <laughs> She most certainly was uh, without any argument. On to point 10, the 10 point rating where we rate the movie out of 10. Uh, nobody picked it. I'll opt to go first. I don't often go first on these ones. Uh, 
I thought it was really good, as evidenced by the fact that I can't really come up with anything bad to say about it. Several times throughout, got genuine reactions out of me. Like, if I'd been in the cinema, I'd have been like, oh, like, full-on shouting and throwing popcorn and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so, really good. It's not perfect. It's not my necessarily my cup of tea, but <laughs> I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, because I cannot really fault it particularly. So, it's a good film. Thumbs up, 7 out of 10 for me. Andy, what you is next? Uh, I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It's bog standard for me. So I'm giving it a five. Five from Andy and Chris. Um, I agree with Bruce. Really, can't really say anything bad about it. Uh, everybody's acting was good. Um, apart like a Kathy shot. Uh, Kathy basically completely outshot everybody though. Yeah, she did. She just stole the film, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like there's no hanging about. Within five minutes, he's crashed and he's in her bed in the bedroom. Um, and it's like it's filled with loads of tension, like. The scene behind me with the ankle. Stop it. Bruce said it generally gets a reaction out of everybody. Um, uh, like overall, like I'm, I'd happily watch this again. Like I'm giving it an eight. Eight. Big marks from Chris. So let me do my maths over here. Any f- closing thoughts from either of you? Nah. Uh, yeah, my foot feels funny watching the ankle thing. <laughs> uh, so that'll be, I believe, officially a seven out of ten. From the Ten Point Podcast, from the film Misery, uh, not too bad. The wheel, the wheel often picks up some half decent ones every so often. I was surprised at Andy. I thought I would, this is a kind of film Andy would hate. No, like not I said, a, not, yeah, only one. I don't, I, I didn't hate it. Like I said, it's just, it, I would have, I would have gave it higher if she wasn't revealed as quickly as she was. All right, yeah. I don't mind a slow Probably film if the payoff's good. Like that's where I'm at. Okay. I can, I can do a drama. But the payoff has got to be good. Whereas the prestige um, wasn't, because I worked out in the first two seconds. <laughs> yeah. um, are we all doing themes for the season? Is that correct? It does I seem I to be. Yeah, I've I, I'm going for so, one. And I'll actually lead off with a hint from my one so far, because I said if any of them fit in. So, so far, Total Recall fits into my theme. And misery fits into my theme. Right. Okay. Okay. So, well, my guess for what the wheel is spitting out this season is so far on the evidence of this film, I'm going psychopaths. That's what. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah. But we'll, we'll find out. It's tough with only with only one out. Of, I'll one get out of, trapped. <laughs> trapped. Okay. Good one. Uh, okay then. Andy's giving us a teaser. We've already seen two films that fit his theme. But what is Andy directly picking to start off his theme? Andy, what's your selection for next time? Right, so I was, I did have one lined up, but then I thought, fucking hell, we've picked a lot of films in 1990. And I was like... <laughs> yeah, the fact <background laughs> of the award seasons and his films have done coming up and all that, I'm like, all right. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh shit. So I was like, I'm going to go proper modern. Then I realised that I can't do proper modern because it fucks around with my, kind of, my thing at the moment. So... I've had to go the other end and pick the oldest film I've ever picked. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go to 1980s. And it is going to be a film that Chris is going to fucking hate. So tune <laughs> right, in. Okay. It is The Blues Brothers. Oh, The Blues Brothers. <laughs> Chris. Blues Brothers. A classic, a cult classic, I would say, The Blues Brothers. And I reckon Chris could probably take about five to six attempts to watch it because it is way longer than you remember. Oh, I was about to say, yeah, yeah, that's probably right enough. Yeah. So there you go. The Blues Brothers next. Chris seems a bit indifferent on it. Uh, yeah, I remember like when we started first hanging around, like Andy loved the Blues Brothers, and we watched 
watched it like at least once or twice a month or something like that. Like that <laughs> one then, I think it was a sequel of this, like a 2000 one or something like oh, that. Say, I remember the sequel being really bad, so... so. Stick with the original at the moment. Well, I, 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 he got to the point where he's obsessed that he used to dress up as the Blues Brothers for like <laughs> parties and stuff. That's and do the I dance. But I decided we didn't have, we've not had the, the quota for a while and it's going to add Bruce's quota quite a lot. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Yes, I suppose it will now. I think about it. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yes, uh, I, I might. I might contemplate counting police cars but we'll see how <laughs> get to it. we'll see we'll see and there you go anyway no, no more discussion on the blues brothers till next week so you have seven days find the blues brothers watch the blues brothers probably listen to the soundtrack a couple of times and we'll get you next time on the 10 point podcast <laughs>